I'm Satya Nelms and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Today we are in the garden with Tori Oglesby. Tori Oglesby is a homeschooling mama, author, speaker, YouTuber, and podcaster. She is a woman on a mission to encourage and uplift other women by building community. Through her Mama Matters membership group on YouTube, Tori has created an affordable resource to help mothers achieve goals, grow together, and learn to nurture and honor themselves. She's a coffee-drinking, podcast-binging, book-loving woman who would enjoy nothing more than a hot cup of coffee, meaningful conversations, and high vibrations. All right, so welcome. Well, welcome Thank to the, you. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm so excited, you know, to be having this conversation with you. You know, we've connected a number of times over over the years. So I'm really excited to, you know, to explore this conversation with you as well. Yes, the pleasure is mine. As soon as I saw you, well, I've always been a fan of you. Um, and your work and your voice, um, especially in the Instagram world, I think your voice is very different and it's very important. And then when I saw you roll out this podcast, (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness, yes, this is what the world needed. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's real. the, The podcast is beautiful. I think I've listened to every episode and I've also cried. My eyeballs out at every episode. I'm glad it's not just me. Sometimes I'm like, maybe it's because, you know, like, this is my baby. Like, maybe that's why I'm so emotional. (laughs) No. It it speaks. And I recommended it for all my friends. I'm like, y'all, y'all have to listen to this podcast. Yeah, no, it's not just you. It's beautiful. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. So to start us off, um, you know, I want to ask you, what is a mother? When you hear that word, what does it bring to mind? And how did you get to that place of, you know, mother feeling that way for you? Yeah. um, For me, a mother is a giver. Mm -hmm. And... And she's a giver of everything, of just like how your podcast, you know, Our Mother's Garden, like, just like a garden will give you beautiful fruit, it will also give you weeds, it will also (laughs) give you unwanted bugs, it will also give you, like, a scorched hot summer where all you want is water and you feel like you have to overwater to compensate for sun. Mm It's a mother truly is a giver and and she a mother doesn't even know sometimes we don't even know that we're giving our children you know this good quality or this bad quality or um but that we're a giver we're a giver of everything and everything we have and everything that was given to us from our mother Mm -hmm. um 
And yeah, and I think I arrived at that because I know as soon as I became a mother, I saw a lot of things in me that were my mother that I wanted to change. And I saw a lot of things that came from my mother that I was thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I'm mothering, specifically with my daughter, my boys too, but boys boys just happen to be very simple um, <laughs> when they're younger. Mm-hmm. My boys are very simple creatures. Um, but with my daughter and her complex, um, her, her complexity, I see so much of what I've given to her, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and yeah, it's inevitable. It's just what a mother does. She's she literally gives us life. She births us, and then we get everything. Everything that mother has ever walked through, has ever dealt with, has ever not dealt with, it gets passed on. Mhm. Mhm. So when you talked about just now, you know, there were things that when you were going to become a mother, there were things about you know, the way that you were raised, what your mother gave to you that you wanted to keep and things that, you know, you didn't want to hold on to. What were some of the things that you wanted to let go of? I, I think I wanted to let go of a feeling like, like it was a competition. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Feeling like it's a competition between me and my children, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. And I also didn't want, my, my mother was a stay-at-home mom. She had multiple jobs here and there, mm-hmm. but she was a stay-at-home mom for the most part. And that's something that she gave me. Like, um, I love that she was home. Mm-hmm. I really did. And, and I love that um, she was there. However, something that I missed and that would have been so lovely was like joy, like, like seeing, Mm. seeing a mother happily and joyfully serve her children and serve her home. Mm. Um, and so that's what I've added. I, I, I don't ever want my kids to feel like a burden or to feel Mm. like, well, here I am making dinner again, or (laughs) here Mm. I am cleaning up again. Um, I, I don't want them to remember my faith being one of, like, sadness and discontent and, and angry. Mm-hmm. I want them to remember me as, like, my mom would, like, make waffles and smile and welcome the day and welcome us to the morning and, like, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not that I do that perfectly, but I do want, I want joy. I want my kids to remember joy, me serving them enjoy um yeah yeah so just not i i had to let go the burden of because motherhood is heavy it is a lot yes (laughs) um yeah it's a lot in so many different levels and um and not that they don't see me i'm i'm a full believer that kids need to see you be sad and they Mm -hmm. need to see you be disappointed Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to see they need to see you work through all of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just never want my kids to feel like a burden, mm-hmm. and so that's something that I I, I let go. And also, um, I let go. There, there's this 
there's this idea that a stay-at-home mom has given up on herself and that, mm-hmm. you know, she's a stay-at-home mom and that's it. And, um, and I felt like I saw that a lot growing up. So with me, um, I'm very, very, um, I, I, I very aggressively chase my own, my own pursuit, the song of mm-hmm. my own heart, mm-hmm. um, whether that's reading or writing or even running just I I make sure I continue to nurture myself and Mm -hmm. I continue to work on myself um Mm -hmm. and not in a it doesn't have to be a career path it can be a career path but it doesn't have to um Mm -hmm. I just think it's important for myself to like really nurture my own mind and my own heart and my own body and to not forget that you know, all of that just dies because I'm a stay-at-home mom. Like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You, you need both. You need both to be able to do it well, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that idea of, you know, filling your own cup so you have something from which to pour. Um, you know, that, that idea that we can't give from empty, you know, we have to, we have to fill ourselves up. We have to do for ourselves so that we have something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that's where my joy, I think my, that's where my joy comes from because, um, because taking care of myself is the non-negotiable, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. like this isn't, and, and, I'm so thankful that my husband is on the same page and he supports that idea so fully. Mm-hmm. Um, like when he's, when he's home, he has, he's away a lot because mm-hmm. of his job. Um, mm-hmm. But when he is home, he is just so good at giving me whatever alone time I need, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever I need. He's so willing to take the kids and let me just be Tory for a minute. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm thankful for that because I think that a lot of mothers, I think a lot of mothers, especially our generation of mothers, um, I think they miss that. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a reason why they're, well, I can't speak for everyone. I guess there's a reason why my mother is the way she is. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I don't think anybody gave, no one let her know that it was okay to be both. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 To be herself and be a mother at the same time. Yeah, and to and to still discover herself. Like I don't know about you, but I am still a work in in progress, mm-hmm. and I'm still discovering myself. And I lo- like that's what makes life really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think a certain generation of women were just told like you're mothers, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then when your kids go to college, I don't know, do have fun figuring it out, you know? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but, but I think our generation of mothers are very aware that, that like, no, 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 no. I matter too in this equation and I can only be a good mother, um, if I do fill up my own cup, as you said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what parts of the way that your mother mothered you, did you want to keep? You know what? <laughs> I was. I honestly think um, it was only the fact that she stayed home. Mm. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I thought 
I thought that was very noble for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, and I guess it's because my dad was in the military just like my husband. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was gone a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he was, a he is a fantastic dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because he was physically gone a lot, um, I think just physically seeing her, mm-hmm. whether it was a good attitude or a bad attitude or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think just physically seeing her was a saving grace, um, to me and my sisters. Um, mm-hmm. and I think I disagree a lot with how she parents. Um, but I will always be thankful that she was physically there that she carried the weight of the family when when my dad had to go um you know he had to go do his duty he had to go Mm -hmm. do work Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think and and i will say um my mom is also the reason why i have such a a spiritual relationship with god like if it wasn't for her taking Mm -hmm. us to church when none of us wanted to go to church but Mm -hmm. she dragged us to church um um, it it wasn't for her planting that seed Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have my relationship with God and it is a it has not been a perfect relationship it's been one of many questions and anger and resentment um Mm -hmm. but I keep it's still my um it's still my core and it's kind of what centers me. And so I'm really, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that she gave me and introduced me to God. And I'm, I'm thankful that she was just physically there. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, even though it could have been so much richer, <laughs> I'm happy that she was at least there. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, did you have a sense of who your mother was outside of being your mother? No. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Like, not at all. And mm-hmm. to this day, I still don't know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I still do not know. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really... It's interesting. And you know what? It's funny because um, my mom and dad are visiting me, uh, me and the kids right now. And the other day we were on the porch and she was like, do I annoy you? And before I could even catch it, I was like, yeah. And I felt, <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> I felt awful. And I kind of retracted it. And I was like, but I'm sure, I'm sure I annoy you too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, yeah. But um, it's, it's it's not that she annoys me. It's that I don't know how to connect with her on any other level mm-hmm. except except mother child. And I'm not a child anymore, so that makes it even harder. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that and that aches. Like I I hate that. Um. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is, and it is what it is because. Because of the choices, um, the choices that she made. And, and I feel like you only have a certain amount, certain amount of years to really hone in on your children mm-hmm. and to, um, to, to just nurture them and prepare them. And like these childhood years matter. Like kids remember, mm-hmm. 
kids remember how you make them feel. Kids remember what you say to them. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it, uh, this is a side note, but like when all of this COVID stuff started happening, it really got under my skin that all these parents were like making their kids like the villains. Like, oh my God, now I have to stay home with my child. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, guys, like, why are we making these children the villain? Like, I just, mm-hmm. I don't like how our society treats kids yeah. um, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important to remember that, like, these young years, while they are underneath your roof, mm-hmm. that's, when you're, that's when you're building the relationship that you're going to have when they're out of the home. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how you're prepping your kids to, like, want to call you and check in on you and have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't there. That wasn't there in my childhood. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a constant battle in my adulthood. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, there's just no connection. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it really, really hard. We're just cut from two different cloths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like I'm constantly trying, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, but I'm a child. Like I'm still uh-huh. a child in the situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's difficult. It's it's definitely difficult sometimes. Yeah, you know, and I appreciate what you just said about the relationship that we have with our parents as adults starts when we are children we do not arrive yeah we do not arrive fully formed into those relationships they don't just spring into being like oh you're 18 you're 25 whatever it is you're an adult now and here is our you know magical adult relationship (laughs) adult parent child relationship that has just sprung from nowhere you know it comes from somewhere and those like you said those foundations are are laid when we're children you know um it's um it's interesting in in the live recording um with Adrian Oliver she was talking about you know we have to let our children practice um the skills that we want them to have out in the world in the home so if we want them to be able to speak up for themselves and if we want them you know to be able to um, advocate for themselves and express when something is bothering them and all of these things if we want them to be able to do that out in the world will and do that as adults you know once they leave our homes then they have to be able to practice those things in the home so that what you said reminded me of that as well. You know, we the relationship that we want to have with our children as adults, we have to practice that when they are children. Every day, every day, like it mm-hmm. is. I don't know. I think there's some mis um, belief that they're young right now. Like nothing matters when they're young. They're mm-hmm. young right now. Um, there's also this like ownership over kids like Mm -hmm. these are my kids Um, but I'm very aware that like I am just borrowing these humans Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am 
I'm borrowing them for a very short time and eventually they will become their own people. And, um, and my goal as a parent is that when they become their own people, they still come home for dinner on Sundays. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all I want. That's all I want. Um, Mm -hmm. and I have to remind myself that that, that happens now. Mm -hmm. That happens right now. They're not going to forget it. How I make them feel, um, right now in these years, especially, um, my, my oldest son is six and then my daughter's eight and then my youngest son is four. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you can mess up a lot until about like five years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like after five, it's like game on, like these years, these years matter. And not mm-hmm. that the years before five don't, cause those definitely matter as well. But, um, in a different I way. think the emotional, mm-hmm. um, foundation for your kids and the emotional connection that your kids have, um, I think those bonds are built between like eight and 18, maybe 10 mm-hmm. and 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but it becomes more, you know, because before that, it's very much like I need my mom. I need her for food. I need mm-hmm. her for touch and I need her for safety. Mm-hmm. But then it becomes like these little people are becoming their own people. And will they still want to come to you when they no longer have to come to you? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so... How has your sense of motherhood evolved as you've gone from, you know, being raised by your motherhood, by, sorry, being raised by your mother. And so having, you know, your sense of what a mother is and what a mother should do or shouldn't do is be, is based in your relationship to her. How has it evolved, you know, as you've gotten older, become an adult, become a mother yourself, like what has what has informed how you feel about motherhood and how has it shifted? Yeah. So when I got pregnant with my first child, I was 20, yeah, 20. And then I turned 21 Mm -hmm. when I delivered her. Um, And we lived, my husband and I lived in Hawaii Mm -hmm. um, and we were so young, but we were Mm -hmm. so young. And um, my, no one from my family came um, when I gave birth to my first child, to mm-hmm. my first daughter. Um, now my mother-in-law was there. Mm-hmm. She came. However, I had a very different relationship with my mother-in-law, um, back then. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely love her now. And I loved her then. Um, but I, I didn't, although she was there, that's not who I wanted. I wanted my own mother, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have that. So we, I birthed my own child mm-hmm. um, in Hawaii. And I honestly don't, like looking back, I don't know how I maneuvered that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I cannot tell you how I managed to be that young and, um, still a pretty decent and aware mother. I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it could have been like the Hawaii, which is very family oriented, mm-hmm. very, um, very like there being a mother is a like, 
like a high calling in Hawaii. Like mm-hmm. it's beautiful and and um, it's it's smiled upon. So it could have been that. I'm sure that had an effect. Um, but in Hawaii, I just decided like I am going to be this mom who reads to my kids, who plays with my kids, who gets on their level who talks to my children, who walks with my children, who colors with my children. Um, and so, and and that's just, that was me and Journey. For the first two years, it was just me and Journey, and it was so much fun. Um, and that's when my love for homeschooling started, because mm-hmm. we would just, I would just teach her and read to her. Um, and then... And then I feel like I took a step back. Um, we moved back to our hometown in mm-hmm. Indiana, and it was just a crazy season. And I, I was still, like, homeschooling and being very, um, like, a mindful mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because I was in my mother's home. So mm-hmm. I was in my mother's home. Um, and it was like, you know when you're trying, it, it's easy to do better and to be different when you're not in your in your native home. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you go back, and a lot mm-hmm. of military um, families will understand what I'm saying. When you go back, after being away, when you go back to your native home, all of a sudden, those chains and those generational curses come back. They don't, they don't disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They come back, and they're almost stronger, in a sense. So they came back, and it was really hard. It was really hard to be the mother that I felt I was called to be when I was in Indiana, which mm-hmm. then we moved to El Paso, Texas, and I that's like I let go of homeschool and I put my kids in public school, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Public school is completely fine, but I knew I wasn't. I knew what I was called to do with my kids, and I was going against it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that happened. And then now we're in North Carolina and um I feel like I finally I just was telling my husband this. Um I finally understand it all. I understand why it happened the way it happened. Mm-hmm. And I am finally in this space where I walk so proudly in my motherhood. No one can no one can tell me that my worth, like I don't have worth because I don't have a career or I don't have worth because I'm just a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, those words used to really, really affect me. But now I'm like, man, I am so proud of being a stay-at-home mom, of being a homeschooling mom, mm-hmm. of, um, of giving that to my children and being so mindful of them and with them and having conversations with them. Um, I'm I'm so proud of that. You can't taint that. You can't tell me that that doesn't have value because I've seen the fruit of it in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen the fruit of it in my own children. And then I've seen the, the fruit of it not being there in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes, like, it's hard. Sometimes I'm like, kids, like, y'all don't understand what you have. Like, <laughs> you know, and I can't do that to them. Because they don't have my experience. Um, but me and my husband often, because, you know, my husband comes from a broken a broken family. And he's like, y'all, like, y'all just don't understand the yeah, how just don't you know. guys have it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they will. They will one day. I truly believe that these are just seeds that I'm planting. And one day, 
they're going to understand it all. They're going to understand my choices, daddy's choices, why we parent the way we do, um, and, and why we're so big on family mm-hmm. and the family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to get it, but it is, I'm, I'm, I finally arrived at, um, being super confident in that and walking in that because um, I really do believe it's my purpose especially um, for black women like mm-hmm. to give black women the okay to be with your kids mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and in our community I think it's like you know, I mean black women get the worst of the worst we're at the bottom of the bottom and mm-hmm. so it's like oh you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. Oh, you're going to have five kids. Why do you have five kids? Um, mm-hmm. And I just want to give black women the okay to be a mother. It is okay to be a mother and not just be a mother. It's okay to be a mother because we need it. And we need mothers who are mindful and um, just aware. We need my, we need mindful, aware mothers because I think that um I mean I can only speak from my experience but it was lacking mm-hmm. it was lacking and um yeah so I'm all I'm all about like any homeschool YouTube mom I'm like follow her and she's a black homeschool mm-hmm. YouTube mom I'm like <laughs> these people need to see that black women homeschool people need to see um that black women are not just moms who yell at their kids or cuss at their kids. Like, mm-hmm. don't put us in that box. We're so complex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of trailing off now, but I'm really passionate about that. No, I no. I love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I how you know how did you get here to this confident place? Like, what you know ushered that in, what supported that, what nurtured, you know, this confidence that you now have? I think because for so, for three years, I lived outside of my purpose. And, and I saw the, um, I saw the lack of fruit, right? Mm -hmm. So I saw what it, and I felt in every corner of my life, what it looks like when I am playing small. Mm. And then, and and finally, when I, like, made the choice, I made the choice to homeschool January of 20, yeah, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, it was, like, the craziest time. It was in the middle of my husband being gone. He was deployed. And I called him, and I was like, babe, I'm pulling the kids out, and I'm homeschooling. And my husband's my number one fan. He was like, <laughs> yeah, babe, do it. Like, <laughs> I love like, it. He literally, he, he's just the best. He doesn't, he ne- he just always believes in me. Um, but he also never, like, because he's known that I've always wanted to homeschool, but he also let me go through the season of, like, doubting myself and of mm-hmm. not walking in my purpose. Like, he lets me grow as I grow, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. So, but when I finally decided, he was like, yes, do it. And we did it. And, um, when I tell you the fruit, the connection, the time, the character, it, it, I can't, I can't put it into words. It's, mm. 
it's insane what happens when you stop making excuses and you just you play big you go big or you go home Mm -hmm. um and and then i made my youtube channel about homeschooling and messages from moms all over saying like I've looked for, I've tried to find a black mom that homeschooled and I can't. And like, that speaks to me because mm-hmm. we deserve to be seen. There's so many beautiful black families that homeschool um, and and you don't get to see them. You don't mm-hmm. get to see them. They get no play. So I think just knowing that me walking in my purpose um, effortlessly Mm-hmm. makes other parents and other women believe that they can do the same. It gives them the um, it gives them the belief that mm-hmm. they can do it. It gives them the push that they can do it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's all I'm here for. And I think that building this community is what builds my confidence because I'm like, I did. I used to feel like I was in it alone, and now I'm not. Mm-hmm. There's so many other beautiful brown mamas that are doing it and we're doing it together and we're changing like we're changing the generational course for our children mm-hmm. um and that's that's no small thing um mm-hmm. i don't care i don't you can i am not a millionaire i do not have all the degrees in the world i am not successful um in worldly terms but I, I know my value, and I know that the seeds that I'm planting right now in my children matter. Mm. And that's all that matters now. And it used to be other voices. It used to be like, oh, I should really go and get this job. I should really go back to school. I should really, like, try to make this business happen. Mm. But every time I try to do that, the doors just got shut. Mm-hmm. So walking and my doing what I'm doing right now, I just know I'm supposed to do it. And when you have that peace, mm-hmm. I feel like you just go forward and you go forward boldly and um, and stubbornly, honestly, and you just get to work. Like, it is head down, get to work. And for the first time in my life, I'm not concerned with what other people are doing because I know that I'm not called to worry about what so-and-so's doing. I'm called to look after my home. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah. So that's how my confidence got built. Just seeing, seeing the ripple effect. That's awesome. Um, so you've spoken a little bit uh, to this, but how does being a black woman, you know, how does being a black woman uh, affect your experience of being mothered and mothering? How has that? How has being a black woman? Um, you know, informed your mothering experience? I think that's a good question. Um, I, I feel like black women are the most amazing, most beautiful, most strong people on this planet, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're like that for a reason. We're like that because the mothers that have come before us had to overcome a lot mm-hmm. and and had to face a lot. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I feel like I have to overcome and I have to relearn 
because my mother and her mother and her mother's mother um, were, like, taught a different way. For example, like, black women are very, very strong. Um, and because of that, in my family, I feel like there was this disconnect of, like, I have to be strong, therefore I cannot be weak and show that I love you. Mm. I cannot attach myself. Um and so for me, it's like tenderness. Um, mm-hmm. I have to remember, like, it's okay to be tender. It's okay to open up. It's okay to um, to just, like, to connect with my children and mm-hmm. to not just raise them to be strong people, but to really get to the heart and to let my kids see my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lack of emotion like I didn't I never I never saw emotion from from my mother mm-hmm. um, like n- never sadness never disappointment um, rarely happiness um, I and and that hurts like just saying that out loud hurts because I know I know that she has emotions you know yeah. I know that um I know that there's a lot that has happened in her life that she has to have emotions about. Yeah. But for some reason, it's just like a block. Like, she's been taught, like, you don't, you know, we don't cry. We're not weak. Yeah. You you are a strong black woman, therefore, like, go on about your business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I just made it very... I want to change that tune. I want I want my kids to know that, like, yes, you are black and you are strong, but like, you can cry yeah. and you can be angry and you can be happy and you can be disappointed and you're gonna see me have all those feelings. Like my kids see me cry all the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I'm I'm so happy that they see that because that's important. They need to know that. Yes, I'm a mother, but I'm also human. And um, so I think that's, that's how. I just want to, I want emotion to be a big part of my black mother parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't see that growing up. And I didn't see it with my grandma either. I like, I my mother's mother was like, she would just sit and smoke her cigarettes and, like, get annoyed sometimes, but that was it. Like, there was never, there was never, like, what are you, oh, and she would do, um, like, crossword puzzles all day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I'm like, I looking back, I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have just tapped in or asked her about her story, because there has to, mm-hmm. you know, you're a black woman in America, there's a story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but I think they've just been trained to like we don't talk about it. Yeah. You you work hard, you be quiet, and you don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, and that's not that's not what I'm passing on to my kids. I don't I don't want that. Mhm. Mhm. So, based on your experience being mothered, and your experience mothering, if a black woman were to come to you. Um, you know, first time mom and say, what's something that I need to remember as I'm mothering? What's something that I need to 
keep in my heart and keep in my mind what's a piece of advice you would offer her oh my goodness um hold your baby and listen to your baby listen to your baby when it is a day old and listen to your baby when she's 10 and listen to your baby when he's 18 Mm -hmm. um have those conversations with your children keep the door of conversation open and hold your baby and i say hold your baby because i remember um i don't know i don't know if this i don't know if this is just my experience or if this is worldwide but it was like growing up, it was always like, don't hold that baby. Like, you're going to get it spoiled. Put mm-hmm. that baby down. Put that baby down. Um, and I'm like, so with my daughter, I actually, I didn't hold her a lot. Um, that was something that was ingrained in my head. So I, I would like wrap her up and put her in her crib and she'd fall asleep. And I just didn't hold her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I regret it. I regret it so much. I say... Hold your babies for as long as they let you hold them. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Mother's Gardens. If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.